0: Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. I'm going to open up with this scripture. I'm just going to read the whole thing. And today we're talking about change. How many like change? Good, you're you're at the right place this morning. We don't always handle change the best, right? Maybe if it's good change, it's okay. But how many know 2020 wasn't really all that good of a change? Right? There was things that you had planned for your life, things that you had planned to do, all these different things, and, and everything changed. And even going into 2021, things still seem like they're changing. But, but let me be honest to you with, honest to you this morning, there are some good things changing in 2021. There are some good things changing in 2021. What do I mean by that? Let me tell you this, souls are being changed. Lives are being changed. Churches are experiencing revival through all the persecution. People's uh, mindset are being changed. People are turning away from their wicked ways and, and coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Things that CNN and Fox won't report to you. Okay? But there are some good things in 2021 that are changing. And I still believe God is changing lives even in 2021. It doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he changed lives in 2019, let me tell you what, even through the chaos, he still did it in 2020. And even in the remaining days, and we don't know what's going on or what's ahead of us, he's still doing it in 2021. He's still changing lives. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. I love how it opens. Follow God's example. Follow God's Example Now how many know as believers If you don't know this I'll remind you again But as a believer When you give your life To Jesus Christ You're no longer supposed to stay The same person you were before For anybody who thinks Well I gave my life to the Lord I said a prayer at the altar I said Lord come into my life And for anybody who thinks that's just what it is and and you can remain living however you want because you said a prayer, I'm going to tell you this morning, that is false. That's not true. Because if it were true, Scripture wouldn't say that we're supposed to have a renewing of the mind. Scripture wouldn't talk about transformation. Scripture wouldn't say, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Scripture wouldn't say, the old creation is gone, a new creation has come. If we were called to remain the same, those scriptures wouldn't be in there. But we're called to be different. We're called to be set apart. We're called to be in the world, but not of the world. Are you guys ready for preaching this morning? Because I'm getting ready to bring you some. We're called to be in the world, but not of the world. Follow God's example. How many know Jesus was perfect? If you don't believe that, then that's your issue. Jesus was perfect. He lived a sinless life. So if there is anybody we should strive to be like, it's to be like God. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, verse 2. I'm going to try not to preach all the way through these texts. I just want to read them and get through them, but bear with me. And walk in the way of love just as Christ has loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragment offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, you ready? This is where change comes in, okay? But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Oh, but we can live the same. But among you, there must not even be a hint. Not even a hint. What does it say? I'm not supposed to be playing in garbage that God never intended for me to play in. We live in a world today where it's okay, Pastor. Now, this is what I've come to the conclusion on. A lot of people don't like it. If somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, what do you feel about this? You know what I always say? You're already coming to me because you already feel convicted about it. You just want me to confirm it. Pastor John, I've been thinking about it. How do you feel about drinking? Well, you're already answering your question by coming to me because you already feel wrong about it. If you feel convicted about it, don't do it. You already are. You just want me to confirm Pastor, how far can I play with sin? How long can I can I just how close can I get to sin before it's wrong? And that's why a lot of people are straying away from the faith because they're playing with sin. How how close can I get, Pastor, before this is wrong? If you're already questioning that, you're already wrong. Why do we play the game of, well, I'm just going to have a hint of this. I'm just going to play at this. I'm just going to give the enemy just a little bit. I guarantee if you give the enemy this much, he'll take over. You want to play that game? Play that game. But I'm not playing that game. I don't want to play how close can I get to sin. I want to play how much closer can I get to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because I know great is my reward and I am an overcomer through him. Not playing with sin. But not even a hint of it, it says or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Verse 4. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. This is, this is pretty serious stuff, right? Oh, this just says this. This is, not, this is not exactly what it means, Pastor. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather Thanksgiving. I mean, you know it's so easy when you get around the p- wrong people to get sucked into the wrong conversations, right? If nobody else is going to be honest, I'll tell you, I'm the pastor, and it's it's so easy sometimes to get sucked into things or, or t- conversations that maybe you shouldn't be involved with, or maybe jokes that we probably shouldn't laugh at, right? You all are trying not to laugh because you know what I'm talking about, but you say say that's your it's between you and God, sister. Amen which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, ready? No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. I mean, we talked about obedience last week. God does not honor disobedience. Don't keep asking God to open doors for you if all you're doing is being disobedient in the doors that have already opened. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Live as children of light. How many know Jesus is the light of the world? And if you have received Jesus into your life, you now walk in the light. And you should be the light in the darkness. People have this false thing of, well, Jesus is the light in the darkness. No, you're the light in the darkness because Jesus lives inside of you. We put everything on God because we don't want to do anything and take responsibility. But in all reality, he's the light. And if we've received him, we should be able to walk into this dark world and people see something different in you. People see a change in you. If you're here this morning and nobody knows that you're a follower of Christ, you should probably think yourself over and say, why can't people tell that I'm a follower of Christ? Because too many people have blended in with the world, and we're not called to do that. How I many know our world is in a place right now that's just nuts, crazy, hatred, anger, bitterness, riots, everything, you name it. You know what? You're not called to partake in all those things. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Lord. Live as children of light. Verse 9. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Just keep going and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. So what's that saying? Don't partake in a lot of the garbage that's going on in our world today. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is eliminated becomes a light. This is why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And you know how you become wise, church? By getting into God's word and learning how you should live. Because a lot of you are seeking wisdom from some people. that I'm going to tell you this right now, you probably shouldn't be seeking wisdom from. Because they're so far away from godly wisdom, it ain't even funny. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I mean, all the days we live in are evil. If you don't know that, you've been living under a rock somewhere in the woods. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with what? The Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now what I want you to understand this morning, if you didn't understand through that whole reading, I'm going to paraphrase very short for you. We're not called to be like the rest of the world. We're called to be different. There should be a change in our life when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Andrew Murray once said this, There's a need of a great revival of spiritual life. Of truly fervent devotion to our Lord Jesus. Of entire consecration to His service. That there is any hope of radical change in the relation of the majority of our Christian people to mission work. When Jesus was born into the world, how many know everything changed? Right? Life came to conquer death. And of course, even Jesus himself experienced some dramatic changes. Think about the change he went through to come to human form. The Son of God took on the weak body of a newborn baby, the awkwardness of puberty, and the aches and pains of adulthood. He allowed his circumstances and his very being to change from one of heavenly perfection to one of earthly imperfection. That's a huge change. Bigger than any physical change you or I will ever know. We can't fully comprehend what that change must have been like. The change of the world started with Jesus. And it will also, ready, it will also end with Jesus. For those of you who are so worried and living in fear and stressed out of the days to come, let me tell you what, we might have some dark days to come. There might be some scary moments to come. But I've read the book from front to back. And in the back, Jesus is victorious and he will conquer whatever the enemy tried to do. He will conquer. When he comes back to establish a new heaven and a new earth. But our, my question today is this what will we do in the time between those two mileposts of change? What are we doing until Jesus comes to take his church back? All through Scripture, we see that we're called to be like Jesus, we're called to be the difference. And until Jesus returns in glorious fashion, we're called to be the change. Now, I might offend some people this morning, but I'm going to tell you something I'm really tired of. A lot of people that want to see change, but they don't want to get up and do anything. I see people all the time post on Facebook, the church and the pastors need to rise up while they're still sitting down and all they're doing is posting on Facebook. Don't talk to me about the church rising up and pastors rising up if you're still sitting down doing nothing. Because we're all called to partake in the work of the Lord. Don't put it on some church building and don't put it on some pastor's shoulders. Take some responsibility as a father of Jesus Christ and do what God has called you to do. We want to give it to somebody else. When pastor, I really want my family to be saved. Have you witnessed to them? Have you shared your faith with them? We can pray all day long, but are you being a light in the darkness and you sharing your faith with them? Or are we just posting in the prayer group and tell them, pastor, my family needs to be saved. What are we doing? We have responsibility, you know, as followers of Christ. We have responsibilities. We, we, I think we really overplay the, well, if God wants to do it, he's going to do it. Well, if God wants to do it, he's going to do it. If God wants to do it, maybe you should be obedient to line up with God's will so he can work through you so things can get accomplished. God doesn't work, but we're willing vessels, and God uses people to accomplish his work. Anybody ever heard of the Great Commission? We're all called to do something. To do what God has called us to do. But everything changed and started with Jesus. What does that mean? Being the change can be as simple as letting your voice be heard. In a biblical proper way. Just add that on there. Amen. Maybe being a little louder in your faith spiritually than you were before. I believe there's a lot of people who could reach people if they weren't so intimidated to speak about their faith. And it's not really so much that you're ashamed. It's, it's almost just like you just, you're shy about it. But I can tell you this, or you're, or you're worried that, that if you step out, you won't have the words to say. Let me tell you this. God doesn't set you up for failure. Failure. If God calls you to speak to somebody, I guarantee that He'll give you the words to say. Don't be shy. Don't be worried. As you walk by the leading of the Lord, He will never fail you. There's been times in my life where God has opened a door and I've simply been like Moses, full of excuses. But as I stepped out to believe and go talk to the person, let me tell you this, there's things that come out of my mouth that I wouldn't normally say or even remember. But when you step out in obedience, I believe God blesses you in that area to give you the wisdom and the knowledge you need at that present moment. We're all at different places in our spiritual walk, right? I guarantee not everybody here this morning is on the same page spiritually. I guarantee it. I promise you. We're all at different levels. But even though we're all at different levels, no matter what level you're at, there's something for you to do. And no matter what level you're at, I believe God wants to raise you to a new level. I don't care if you feel like you're on the first floor. God wants to bring you all the way to the top as you strive for more of Him. We're all in different places, but we're all called to be the change. Be the change. Don't just want change. Be the change. If you want people to see the example of how they should live, then you be the example of how they should live. We need to be the change, and that's something that won't ever change. You need to change whether your cause is a major social issue or just a desire to see someone maybe in your school or your workplace treated better. Maybe it's something that you want to see accomplished in your home or maybe in your church. But there's something that a lot of us are looking for in regards to change. I guarantee if I were to pass this microphone around, there'd probably be one thing in everybody's life, maybe not in just you personally, maybe it's something about our world, but there's something that you would, could probably say, I'd love to see this change. But maybe it's time to flip that around and ask the question, what can I do to see this change? What can I do? But we often hope that someone else will make it happen. Right? I, I love when people come up to me and say, Pastor, I really think we should do this in the church. Great, do it. Well, I wasn't meaning me, Pastor. I was, I was meaning like somebody else. Right? If God has given you something, if God has given you a desire, don't throw it off on somebody else's shoulder. Rise up and do what God has put in your heart because he'll give you all the ability, resources, and things you need when you step out in faith to do what God has called you to do. But we often look to give it to somebody else. But guess what? You are that someone else. Our culture revolves around maintaining a baseline of comfort. That means change is usually the last thing we want to think about. Right? When 2020 hit us and everything changed, how many were just extremely dancing for joy? Not many people. It was discouraging. We didn't like change. We didn't like the things that were going on. But it's the last thing that we want to see happen. Change is uncomfortable. You know why a lot of people are still the same place they are now spiritually as the day they got saved? is because it's uncomfortable for them to change their ways and do what God wants them to do. But if you would realize, even if you get uncomfortable, if you could just comprehend, if you would get out of your comfort zone to trust God, I can promise you, I will promise you, that it's only because God has something greater in store for you. Might be uncomfortable at first, but if you would trust God's leading and trust that God knows what's best and His ways are higher than my ways and His thoughts are higher than my thoughts, if you trust God and step out of your comfort zone, I guarantee you He's got greater in store for you. Greater. Although change and newness often results in growth, psychologists know firsthand that millions of people fear change. They fear it. Now I didn't know this until I looked into it, but the fear is known as neophobia. Didn't know that. I said neophobia on the couch the other night. My wife looked at me, she's like, You never say words like that. (laughs) It's like I just looked it up. I knew I knew it. But it's a real phobia. There's all I didn't realize how many phobias there are. Like the list of them, it's crazy. And a lot of people here probably have a bunch of them. I just didn't know they existed. There's little ones names for like scared of spiders and stuff, these different phobia names. I had no idea. I learned something else this week. But this is a real phobia, a fear of change. But you know what it shows? It shows how faithless we really are as people. Okay, Pastor John, what's your point? You rambled. What's your point? We're so comfortable with where we are that we ignore openings that might help us to go where we're headed. Let me say that again. We're so comfortable with where we are that we ignore openings that might help us get to where we're headed. You know what? I can stand here today and look across this room and look into the camera online, and I can stand here today and guarantee you that God's got greater for you than where you are right now. You know what the enemy wants you to believe? This is the way it's always going to be. The enemy wants you to believe this is where I'm always going to be spiritually. I'm never going to get any further. I've just hit a wall. I don't believe in your relationship with God. There's any walls unless you build them and put them there. I believe you can grow. I believe you. God can raise you up. I believe there's greater than you have ever experienced. But you know what? You need to be open to it. You need to be open to it. We all want change. But a lot of us are scared to be the ones to step out and be the change. We can't expect to look any different than the world while we continue to plunge ourselves into its garbage. We've created an agenda of comfort that keeps us from being the change. I'm comfortable. Man, I know a lot of people that it's, man, I got my relationship with God. I'm just going to keep to myself and just wait for Jesus to come back. That's a wrong mentality to have. You should be, man, the days are getting dark. Jesus is coming soon. I have a relationship with the Lord. I'm going to go out and do all I can to share my faith with other people so other people can be in heaven with me someday. So other people can experience the benefits of a walk with God in the here and now. Scripture says the enemy come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus and I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I can promise you this. He wasn't just talking about an abundant life when you get to heaven. He was talking an abundant life even in the here and in the now. You can walk in fullness. You can walk in His goodness. You can walk in His blessings even in the midst of the chaos our world is in. But it's a choice to receive. It's, an, it's a choice to accept. If we want change, we need to be the ones to act. To build. To speak up. To start. God hasn't called us to conform to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed through the sacrifice